This episode of On the Record is brought to you by Weasler Engineering. Whether you need low power for occasional use or high power for the toughest jobs, Weasler's PTO drive shafts have you covered. To learn more or to find the right PTO for you, visit www.weasler.com. I'm Executive Editor Kim Schmidt. We're at the National Strip Tillage Conference in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to On the Record. Here's an update on what's currently impacting the ag equipment industry. Kubota recently announced its earnings for the second quarter 2021, reporting healthy growth in both revenue and operating profit. For the second quarter of this year, revenue for Kubota Corporation totaled $5.1 billion, up 27% year over year. For the first six months of 2021, revenue increased by 25% to $10 billion. Domestic revenue increased by 4% in the first half of the year to $2.7 billion, mainly due to increased sales of farm equipment. Overseas revenue increased by 35% in the first half of 2021 to $7.1 billion. Farm and industrial machinery revenue rose by 34% in the second quarter to $4.5 billion versus $3.4 billion in the second quarter of 2020. Revenue in this segment for the first half of the year rose 31% to $8.5 billion and accounted for 86% of Kubota's consolidated revenue. In North America, sales of tractors and construction machinery increased significantly due to strong demand despite delays in production and shipment caused by port congestion and labor shortages. Operating profit for the second quarter came in at $632 million, up 36% from $463 million in the second quarter of 2020. Operating profit for the first half of the year increased by 81% to $1.3 billion, mainly due to significantly increased revenue in the domestic and overseas markets. By region, Kubota saw year-over-year increases in all regions in the second quarter, with the smallest being 1.7% increases in revenue from the Japanese market. North American revenue was up almost 42% to $1.9 billion versus $1.4 billion in the second quarter of 2020. Revenue from Europe was up 57% to $701 million, and revenue from Asia outside Japan was up 22% to $1 billion. Revenue from all other areas was up 44% to $168 million. Kubota revised its forecast for revenue for the year to $19.4 billion, an increase of $900 million. Overseas revenue is expected to increase due to a significant increase in sales of farm equipment in Asia outside Japan, and more favorable exchange rates for the yen than forecast, in addition to strong sales of tractors and agricultural-related products in the company's domestic market. Now I'd like to introduce our new Technology Corner editor, Michaela Pockner. Thanks, Kim. Excited to be here. Deer & Company is acquiring Bear Flag Robotics, a startup that develops autonomous driving technology compatible with existing machines. Deer is paying $250 million for the Silicon Valley-based startup, according to an announcement by the company on August 5th. Bear Flag focuses on the autonomous technology stack, the hardware, sensors, actuators, and computer software that goes on top of a machine to help it efficiently and effectively navigate different environments. The deal accelerates Deere's development and delivery of automation and autonomy on the farm, a move that it views as a solution to the ongoing skilled labor shortage. Dan Leibfried, 
Director of Automation and Autonomy for John Deere's Intelligent Solutions Group, said Bear Flag's ability to retrofit, in-market experience, and commitment to safety made the company a good candidate for acquisition. I believe having a retrofit product allows us to tap into a large install base. And, and that's, that's one of the big value drivers here is meeting customers where they're at, uh, whether they're in the, in the replacement cycle of upgrading their tractor or they're, in the, they're, they're still uh, working through the cycle of, of owning the tractor that they bought last year, the year before, or five years ago. Uh, we want to meet them where they're at in order to give them this, this opportunity to experience autonomy in a, in a meaningful way. Deere has been working with Bear Flag since 2019 as part of Deere's Startup Collaborator Program, an initiative focused on working with startups with technology that could add value for Deere's customers. Since then, Bear Flag has implemented automation on several farms in the U.S. Aubrey Donnellan, one of Bear Flag's founders, said the company has worked with growers of different sizes in California, operating in orchards, leafy greens, and specialty crops like tomatoes. The company had been mowing and spraying autonomously before finding a niche in autonomous tillage, which has been its focus for the last few years. What that really allows is growers um, can better plan for their operations and run operations longer. So that we're seeing increases in productivity, um, being able to do more crop turns in the year, um, as well as being able to better right-size their organizations um, for the fluctuations that, that they can't really foresee. Over the next 6 to 12 weeks, Deere will be exploring how its dealer network will interact with Bear Flag's technologies, according to LiveFreed. He said dealers will likely receive training about selling and servicing autonomous equipment, similar to previous training and development programs Deere has put in place over the past two decades. As for retrofitting, Leibfried said it's yet to be determined how and when that might happen. That's it from today's Technology Corner. Back to you, Kim. Thanks, Michaela. This week's dealers on the move include Everglades Equipment Group and Butler Machinery. Florida-based Everglades Equipment Group, the largest John Deere dealer in the state, has expanded its presence into Miami-Dade County with a store in Homestead. Everglades will begin its operations in a temporary space and will move into a new permanent site in November of this year. Echo dealer Butler Machinery announced plans for aggressive growth through the spring of 2022. Butler has purchased existing buildings in Watertown, South Dakota and Sydney, Montana, a new territory for the dealership group. These two stores will bring the dealership to 20 total locations. They've also purchased a new building in Kearney, Nebraska, which will replace Butler Ag's current location in Kearney. Now here's Ben Thorpe with a look at Purdue University's latest Ag Economy Barometer results. Thanks, Kim. According to the latest Ag Economy Barometer report, farmer sentiment, as well as the Farm Capital Investment Index, were down slightly in the month of July. In its July reading, the Agricultural Economy Barometer stabilized at a reading of 134, just three points below a month earlier. This was the weakest barometer reading since July 2020. Farmer sentiment regarding current conditions weakened in July, with the index of current conditions falling six points below June's value as principal crop prices weakened. The index of future expectations also softened, but at 130 was just two points below a month earlier. The Farm Capital Investment Index moved lower in July to a reading of 50, down four points compared to June. 
Weakness in the investment index was primarily attributable to the ongoing decline in plans for farm building and grain bin purchases in the upcoming year. Two-thirds of July's respondents said their construction plans were lower than a year earlier, compared to 61% who said that in June. Plans for farm machinery purchases were somewhat weaker in July than in June, as producers were a bit more inclined to say they would reduce their machinery purchases instead of holding them constant with a year earlier. Meanwhile, the percentage of producers planning to increase purchases was unchanged. Some of the concerns picked up about future financial performance and the advisability of making large investments on the survey could be attributable to producers' concerns about rising costs. Just over half of the producers in this month's survey expect input prices to rise 4% or more over the next year, 3 out of 10 expect costs to rise 8% or more, and nearly 1 out of 5, 18%, expect input prices to rise by 12% or more. These expectations are markedly higher than the rate of 1.8% per year that input prices rose over the last decade. Back to you, Kim. Thanks, Ben. Alamo Group, the manufacturer of Rhino Ag, Bush Hog, and other short-line equipment brands, reported second quarter 2021 net sales of $348 million, up 29% year-over-year. For the first half of the year, Alamo's net sales were $659 million, up 13% versus the same period last year. The company's agricultural division net sales in the second quarter were $116 million, up 35% from the same quarter last year. For the first six months of 2021, the agricultural division's net sales were $216 million versus $171 million in the prior year, an increase of 26%. The agricultural division continues to enjoy high customer demand aided by low dealer inventories, but was also affected by supply chain disruptions and input cost increases, which have yet to be fully offset by its pricing actions, the company says. However, prior year results in this division were less affected by the pandemic as compared to the company's industrial division. Jeff Leonard, president and CEO of Alamo Group said, unfortunately, many raw material suppliers and industrial component manufacturers have not been able to add capacity fast enough to meet the higher demand. Certain critical components such as computer logic chips remain in severe shortage and logistics networks are strained. Manufacturers such as Alamo Group rely on a stable supply chain and efficient logistics network to allow us to meet our customers' needs in a timely manner. A shortage of skilled workers has further limited the ability of manufacturers to add capacity, most notably in North America. As always, we welcome your feedback. You can send comments and story suggestions to kschmidt at lessermedia.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us.